On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we are joined by Pat's pulpit writer, Brian Phillips. He's also uh, the co-host of Deep Down the Middle podcast, which is also on the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. Uh, we, if you've been following us on Twitter, we uh, disagree strongly about the Cam Newton signing. And so we're going to talk about that first. And if we have time, if we have time, we're going to get to a little bit of tight end conversation as well. It's going to be a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's have changed since uh, well we did the we did the instant reaction show but things have changed since we did our quarterback breakdown last friday uh that one's useless just take that one and throw it in the trash because uh <laughs> they brought in cam newton obviously uh we talked about it a little bit and we're going to talk about it with brian phillips as well uh brian starting the show with us today no intro today no nothing brian's here brian thanks for joining us man we uh we appreciate you coming on yeah, absolutely guys uh i'm glad uh i'm glad the stars aligned here and uh <laughs> We're we're jumping right into some uh, some serious content. Yeah, because and I, and we were talking about it pre pre show, right? I reached out to you last week. I was like, hey, we're gonna break down some tight ends. You know, uh, love to have you on. And then Cam Newton gets signed Sunday, right after we do our show Friday, breaking down the quarterbacks and the depth chart and <laughs> what they can do with Stidham and how to be successful. Then everyone who follows us knows the back and forth we've been going through all week. And here we are. What what great timing. Oh yeah. Um, I mean naturally, of course, that's exactly how it how it works out, right? You, you put you put your blood, sweat, and tears into something and then with the ever evolving three sixty five NFL calendar, especially with the Patriots too. The Patriots yeah. are always dropping things like, you know, late on a Saturday afternoon or, or Sunday night. Uh, they're the king of the Friday news dump, right? So it's always after all the content's done being created and cut and finished and then boom, the, the, right. the bombs always get dropped. Yep. That's the way it goes. So without further ado, let's get started. I will say I haven't had an alcoholic beverage since my surgery back in November. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, I'm going to have one. Right. And I figured tonight, I mean, it's a good a time as any. <laughs> Uh, you know, we're going to be having this conversation, like, let's figure it out. I got a, I got a little crooked marker, uh, raspberry tea. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but, uh, I might need it for this conversation. Brian, we disagree uh, strongly. <laughs> Obviously the, uh, the Patriots signed Cam Newton to, uh, to a one-year deal, very incentive related contract. Uh, I think $550,000 guaranteed, basically uh $1 million, uh, $1 million total, for the for the year and then bonuses that can get it up to seven and a half million and you think it's a great signing so I first want to talk to you and have you explain why you think it's a great sign. All right, so really when you look at the context of the whole off season, 
with with Tom Brady leaving and everything, um, because there's so many moving parts to this. And my stance all off season long has been that although it feels as if Jared Stidham has been groomed or they have been moving forward and doing things uh, as if Jared Stidham, you know, is not just the starter this year, but the guy that they want moving forward, their quarterback of the future. Uh, in that context, if you look at everything they, they have done this offseason or slash have not done in that sense, that that's what they're doing, then I can understand how 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 all of their transactions this offseason could potentially you know, appear that way. But my take on it is that they there's simply no evidence of that because everything has been circumstantial. They have not had the cat space to do pretty much whatever they want, especially when the Joe Tooney franchise tag came down the pipe uh, and they haven't been able to reach that extension. The only they didn't have the draft capital to move up and seriously make a move for a top five, you know, overall pick type of guy. Um, they obviously look at Jared Sidham as, hey, he's better. He's better than you know than Jordan Love, or, or we feel that he can be better than Jordan Love. That's as far as the draft stuff goes. And then all off season long, they're just they never had the opportunity to go after a high priced veteran quarterback to compete with Jared Siddham. So clearly it shows that if they had to this year, they were comfortable with going with a, a Jared Stidham, Brian Hoyer quarterback room that they were comfortable this year going forward with that, if that was the worst case. Uh, but nothing, nothing beyond that. And it was still going to be in some circles, it was still going to be somewhat of a competition between Hoyer and Stidham. I think everybody in this podcast can agree it was going to be Stidham between those two. Right. But when you bring in when you bring in Cam Newton, it it that's the first real piece of evidence that shows that hey, this year isn't in je- this year is in jeopardy for them. Uh, and as far as as far as them looking at Sidham as this year's guy, whereas before Cam is signed, the everybody was assuming it was going to be Sidham's team this year. Now the debate moving forward was different. That was where you and I disagreed, Pat. But, you right. know it was going to be different. But when you bring in Cam this year, that changes things. And I personally, and where you and I have been disagreeing so much is I think Cam Newton automatically is, is the starter here. I don't, I don't think there's any question about it. Um, obviously we'll get into the, the health stuff, but I think, yeah, he, I think he is the starter. And I think, I think it's, I mean, obviously it's a dynamite move. We'll get into the contract and all that, but that's like the context around it. And from my perspective, yeah, for okay. me too. Nice. And it's like, yeah, I just feel as if, you know, like you had said earlier, they were at least comfortable, right? They had lasted this long. And, you, you know, obviously, like you said, the complications that went to it with the cap and the draft capital, they didn't have enough ammo to move up and get a top three quarterback. You know, Herbert, Barrow, obviously you weren't going to get him or Tua, right? All those talks that came out, right? But right. they were confident enough to drag this out long enough, a month before camp, in a very uncommon offseason, virtual, you know, and I think that hurts Stidham in a sense, right? He didn't get out there for OTAs. I think someone like him would have benefited from that a lot. It's a chance to show them that he's ready, he's groomed, he can he can take the ropes from here, right? I just sure. feel you go through an offseason for that long, the, the, the complications that went into it, how virtual, how uncommon it was, 
with a guy and then you bring in a guy a month before camp, that's where it's a head scratcher, right? I mean, they were at least comfortable going in saying, hey, if we can't get a deal done with any veteran quarterback, we're fine. We, we have the confidence enough to roll with him, right? Right, yep. And that's, that, that's that, kind of... That much, that totally makes sense. Yes, yeah, go, go for it, Pat. No, I was just going to say, I mean, my thing is this, right? And, and this is where, and I know, you know, the original argument that we had had was that I thought they were moving forward with Stidham and comfortable moving forward with Stidham as, as the quarterback of the future. And my basis for that is really simple. I mean, you look at what the Patriots did when they thought that Brady was in decline. 2014, they signed, they draft Jimmy Garoppolo in the second round, 62. Okay. Belichick, of course, makes a comment. We all know the age and contract situation of the quarterback, right? That one gets people going, right? Now, Brady, of course, has a terrible first two games. He gets benched in the Kansas City game, or I'm sorry, first four games. He gets benched in the Kansas City game, really not even benched, just taken out because that was a lo- complete lost cause. Of course, comes back, wins the Super Bowl. So, Jimmy G, fine. They don't draft a quarterback in 2015 because they win the Super Bowl, so they don't need it. Now, 2016, they're starting to look at it and saying, okay, maybe they drafted Brissett in the first, in the third round because they knew Brady was going to be out for the first four games. I'm not sure why, but they spent another third-round pick on a quarterback in Brissett in 2016. So, okay, fine. 2017 starts. They don't draft a quarterback in 20. They, of course, win the Super Bowl in 2016. Don't draft a quarterback in 2017. Trade Brissett at the beginning of 2017 for Philip Dorsett and then trade Jimmy G halfway through 2017 for the second-round pick. They don't draft a quarterback in 2017. Brady wins the MVP, throws for 500 yards in the Super Bowl. The next season after that, they draft Etling in the seventh round, and then the season after that, they draft Jared Stidham in the fourth round. They're looking for the quarterback of the future. That's what they were doing. They're looking for the quarterback of the future. And then this year, when they have a guy on their roster who's completely unknown, we don't know if he's going to be good. We don't know if he, none of us know. Now they've seen him in camp. Okay. They've seen him there and they saw him, you know, all throughout the year and they saw his progression and everything else. And everything out of, everything out of Foxborough said, they like this kid a lot. He's trending in the right direction. They liked, they like him. They like him. They like him. They like him. They have a billion draft picks, a billion draft picks, and they draft zero quarterbacks. And they, of course, they end up going in and signing two undrafted guys. Now, and I realize they don't have the capital to go up and get one of those guys. That wasn't happening, okay? And and by the way, Bill doesn't want to do that. That's not what he wants. He doesn't want to end up there, and he's made comments about that multiple times. Um, you know, when the Colts dropped down to the number one pick after losing Manning, he went after them because they didn't have a solid plan set up in place as a back with a backup quarterback that could play. And so I think when oh, I look at it that way and I say, I think they were comfortable with Stidham moving forward. Now, do they think he's going to be all pro this year? No but I thought they were comfortable with him moving forward as their starting quarterback. And all the signs pointed to that. They didn't sign anybody. And I know they didn't have cash base, but if they really wanted someone, if they really wanted someone or needed, they could have extended, right. Or, or they, they could go have extended a top dollar, right? Like what if, they, like if they were, were desperate, they're like, we can't go forward with this guy this year, no matter what. Don't you right. think they would have reacted a little bit sooner to a veteran quarterback? Not even the draft, I think, the veteran. I think they would have. And when, when I say, when you say veteran quarterback, the first name that comes to my mind is Tom Brady. Why wouldn't they have brought Brady, Brady back? And I know he <laughs> right. wanted two years. I know he wanted two <laughs> years. But so you, if, if you're like, we are completely screwed because this kid isn't, isn't it. And we're not going to have it for the next few years. Well, then you go out and you sign Tom Brady to two years. And you say, you know what? Screw it. Yeah, he may not be great in two years, but he's better than this bum behind him. So we bring him in. 
And then at that point, you only need a few million dollars wiggle room with cap space because you're already taking a $20 million hit with him on this year's cap. So that to me, and, and by, by giving him a two-year contract, uh, you're able to cut that in half. And so there's your money right there where you could have given that two-year contract to Brady. And to me, because you didn't do that, that tells me that they're comfortable moving forward still. So from it's so interesting, and it's it, and like I like I said, it, all of the different things that come into this, uh, as far as different lines of context that, that I was going to say, the, there's so many ways you can go with it crazy. from both sides. It's crazy, yeah. right? Like we're going all the way back to last summer and talking about Tom Brady and, and how the, the contract extension stalled, uh, talk stalled. Uh, they they redo the deal just to kick some money down the road. Obviously, that's the dead money we're dealing with now. Uh, right. And then, of course, the the no franchise tag gets added on, a clause gets added on, and then he's gone. Um, a lot of people in Patriots Twitter land, which obviously doesn't reflect, you know, the thoughts of all of the entire fan base, not even close. But yeah. I've seen I've a lot. There are there are there's a good chunk of people who claim. That uh, or or are putting pieces together like oh well they didn't they they didn't extend Tom last summer because they got such a good look at Jared Stidham and stuff and like so That's these foolish. types of right so these types of narratives leak out there and then but then but then dots start getting connected and I and I'm not saying Pat that you've gone that far but right. there but to some extent when we're starting to connect dots like. Well, if they really wanted to go get a veteran quarterback this offseason, they would have. Well, that's not necessarily not necessarily the case, especially when, especially when you look at the way that they think they can get the job done right now, which I don't necessarily agree with. You don't. I, I personally don't feel you win with defense. Yeah. You need to be able to throw the football, but right. they they feel they feel like hey, if, it, if it was a worst case scenario, if we had to go with Stidham this year, we could protect him. We can we can we could go ultra conservative. We can keep the pieces on our defense by re-signing Devin, uh, you know, and, and then go heavy in the draft with you know, and which they did, uh, and right. then retool the secondary, you know, and go with that route. Worst case scenario, we can do it. Uh, let's try to go out and and see if you know and test the market. Ooh, yikes! Philip Rivers wants twenty five. Teddy Bridgewater Teddy Bridgewater got you know thirty three guaranteed over three years. Ooh, uh, Cam wants X amount which we know yeah. they reached out to, you know, and then, right. And then it came back and then it came, it came back around this year and, uh, or this month. And it's so late in the summer. Yes. Spags, like you said, a month before camp, this is a head scratcher. Well, realistically, when you look at it, their, their cast situation, it's literally all they could have offered. You look at Miguel Benzon today after the, yeah. the contract details came out, they got like, they got like 230 grand in cap space right now. Right. You know, they got like, right. They, 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 like they probably got like a week's worth of taxes on Gillette Stadium and Cavs, you know, you know, like it's 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 wild. And but but the way they structured it is, and we don't know the incentive details yet, but right. they could have they could have structured it so crazily that it's practically a guaranteed seven million for him if they set his incentive tiers at like negative one rushing yard. Would get right. him, you know. They could set, they could give him a million for the, you know, for topping last year's totals. So like the way they did it, we don't know quite yet. Yeah. Uh, how 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 quote unquote guaranteed it is, but uh, it's just so crazy how all of this stuff came together. Right. Yeah. And and, and like my argument too, and I, I 
guess not like the competition part of it, right? Because I, I truly think, and, and obviously, you know, you can say by, like, obviously I'm biased, right? Like, I've been, I've been pumping Sidham's tires for, since, since really last year, honestly. Like, <laughs> I saw him, I went down to Nashville last year, saw them play the second preseason game. He balled out, right? Like, had that game, game-winning drive. I just said, I, I was with a couple of buddies. I was like, this seems like the guy they like. Just the, the way he does a lot of things they like in their quarterbacks. He's got great arm talent, gets it out quick, you know, three-step drop, bang, it's out, right? Like he does a lot yeah. of things, I think, that they like and that they look in their quarterbacks. And I said, this kid could be the guy. If Tom's done, I, I, I truly think this could be the guy. So I was obviously going to stick to my word. I'm not a coward. I'll be a man and stick to my guns. But I just think, too, it's like people get pissed at people like Pat and I and other people who are kind of on the fence where – you know, they assumed we had all the all the reason to believe Jared Sidham was going to be quarterback one this year up until Saturday, a Sunday night, right? I mean, like like you said earlier, Brian Hoyer's in there. Oh, that's an open job. Like he's not winning that job. You know what he is? He's a career backup. He's probably the best backup right. in the league, considering he's had so much time in the system. But now that Cam's come in, he's been unemployed for you know four months. We haven't heard his name really. I know Jeff Howe came out multiple times said there's no interest there. There's been no you know. They haven't really kicked the tires much. Now, all of a sudden, he comes in for making less money than Brian Hoyer, and he's you know automatically quarterback one. And that's where it's like I take a step back and be like, you know, they've obviously had – they've shown you, they've come out and said they have trust in this kid, right, that they waited this long. Like, why can't it be a quarterback com- competition and bring him in to, to push this kid? Because clearly before, there was no competition in that room. Like, when you bring in two undrafted guys and Hoyer, like – I don't care what you say. You're handing the keys to Stidham no matter what. That's true. Uh, I, can, I, I, I totally understand. Like, I'm get, I, I totally guess what I'm getting at, when you meet me halfway, at least, and say it is a comp, like, if he goes in, it, it, like, do you think in Bill's mind right now, it's, I'm going to play the get best guy. Whoever shows up and plays the best well, game, I mean, yeah. I guess it's always been that way, but we've never For talked sure. about it at the quarterback position because we had Tom. Right. So, like, in the in the – well, in the politically in the politically correct sense of the argument, uh, you know, if he's if he's if Bill's on this podcast right now, that's exactly what he's saying, right? He's saying, well, we're going to go with our best guy, and then your guys are going to ask him again, and he's going to say, well, we're going to go with the best guy. We're going to give him the right. we're going to go with the guy who gives us off the best topic. Guy. But camp is going to be so fun with these questions. It's just going to be oh like yeah, prime Bill and Bill it's going to be. Yeah, and it's going to be like apparently with the news today, like there's going to be less guys in camp. There's just going to be more reps, yep. uh, you know. Yep. So, um, but, but so yes, in that sense of the argument. But in my mind, no, in the sense that as long as Cam can 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 operate his body in, in some capacity, which they have to have knowledge of if they offered him a contract uh, at this point. Otherwise, why not just wait? Um, then, then it's got to be Cam Newton because it's, and I think this is where this is where the disconnect has been between our two sides of the argument is, guys, it's Cam Newton. Like I know, right. I know, I know the injuries, but it's Cam Newton. Yeah, he's an like, alpha male. It, you walk into a it, locker it, room, he he dominates the room like Tom, and they didn't have that before. So that's the side I see where it's like, go out and get Cam because you have a right. a guy in that locker room when he walks in, it's like. Oh shit! Like this guy is the alpha male. What you have with Tom, right? You didn't really have that for sure. before, for sure. And from a skill point, from a skill perspective, like 
guys, I love the way Jared Sidham throws the football. Obviously, we, we've talked about it. The, the kid's got the arm. He, he, he makes all the throws. I love his athleticism out of the pocket. I love all of the things. I love a lot of the things we saw in the preseason last year. But what we don't know is how those skills hold up under regular season play, right. which is and, and we know how different true. that is. So true. as, as it, you know, in practice, you're going to watch Jared Stidham make throws, and you're going to be like, that guy is more accurate than Cam Newton. He throws a tighter spiral sometimes than Cam Newton. Like, yes, but right. we don't know how that holds up in, 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 in game play. Like, we know we've seen so many guys over the years where it's just too fast. The game is just too fast in the, in, in the regular season against – these big, you know, against the Buffalo Bills that you're going to see right. against a defense like that, you know, you want to know that you have a guy who has gone out there and dismantled defenses before. And plus, if you know, if you're going to be going this ultra conservative route, having that extra layer of of uh, of the rushing. That, that extra av, yeah, exactly, the, the that avenue right. in the playbook, you could go with the uh, the run pass options or however they want to open up Cam's skill set in that sense. Um, it gives them a little more flexibility. But I think to answer your questions, Bags, I think it is more of a competition than I would publicly admit on Twitter. <laughs> All right, that's fine with me. Then. We, we can meet Good there. thing no one, no one's gonna listen to this. This is this is the trust tree here, so no one's gonna, no one's listening to this. So We're it's okay. Nest, you right? admitted that. Yeah, that's it. You know. <laughs> So my here's here's honestly my biggest problem. So first of all, as Bag said, I'm the same way. I've been on the Stidham train day one. Uh, I've told this Tell story for the hundredth time what you said podcast, to Andy Hart. Tell him what you said it's to just, Andy Hart. So I was in the press box. Uh, they have that like the um, the practice in the stadium for season ticket holders, and I got a press pass to that mm-hmm. to, to the Rodney the Rodney induction, and then and then the press pass afterwards. And I'm in the press box, and I'm watching Stidham play, and I said out loud to the entire press box, Gasper's there and Andy Hart's there and Volan's there and all these guys. And I'm like, Jared Stidham is going to be the next starting quarterback for the Patriots. And they were like, are you a lunatic? Like, you're insane. And I'm like, he does. <laughs> he just reminded me a lot of Jimmy G. Not that he's the player that Jimmy G is, but, you know, as you guys were talking about, three steps out, see ya. Like, we just, we make the decision and it goes. And they like that. And so um, that's just super, super, super early takeaway for me, but that, of course, I want to be right, so, like, I want him to start, you know? But <laughs> but the other part of it for me that's driving me nuts, the biggest thing, really, that's driving me nuts is that people have completely lost their mind on Twitter yes. when talking have, about, Cam about Cam Newton. That he's the, yes. he's better yeah. he's better than Tom Brady. Like, what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> He's, hey, hey he's, some of some of our guys have gone a little. Uh, they've gotten a little excited, and you know, like, guys what? like guys like Taylor Kyle's, are, yes. Yes, our boy. We all like love Taylor, Taylor. What are we yes, doing, buddy? He, hey, he, you know, he's finally throwing some takes out there, and yeah. we're kind of all like, "Oh, let him kind of let him do his thing." We're all like, "We're, we're like in a, in a in a like we're going out to a club or something," and our and our right. boys like finally yeah, yeah. going and hit, hitting on. Uh, on a woman or something and and we're like oh we, i don't think it's going very well but you gotta just let him fail <laughs> you know yeah. you know it's right. like kind of like that right now but the guy right. and so but, but it, yes. it has and been I, like that I, for stidham too for like us right? right like we hyped him up for nothing and that's right too. so, and so like thing, i understand it i do. yes but the part for me that i get i i've been getting upset about and then people are saying you know he's clearly the best free agent quarterback and i'm like well that first of all tom brady was a free agent but second of all like Philip Rivers gets a one-year, twenty-five million-dollar guaranteed contract. Like, 
Chetty Bridgewater, who went to the Panthers, who just had Cam Newton. Now, I know it's a whole new staff, but he gets a three-year, $33 million. Like, Cam Newton's getting the same contract that Brian Hoyer's getting. Like, for God's sakes, like, that's how much that's how much you got paid for. Like, he and Brian Hoyer have the same contract. Now, obviously, as you said, like, who knows what the incentives are, right? So we don't know what the incentives look like, and, and so obviously it could be a lot higher. But I think that will tell you a lot of what it, what it is, right? right? Like how Right, and I agree with that. that you know what I mean? Right, I agree with that. I just think I look at it, and, and I just say, for me personally, their plan right away wasn't Cam. And maybe they liked Cam, and they had some interest in Cam, but they waited to June 28th to sign him. It's not like, you know, it's not like they, it's not like they were like, okay, we have to get Cam Newton. Like, it was just like, okay, yeah, well, if Cam's available, sure, fine. And like, and I know that the, I get that the medicals and not being able to work out for teams has hurt him. My children last week, yep, last week went to the doctor and had a physical. My children, now the, now my children don't need a freaking physical. They're four, seven, and nine. No one's paying to get them a physical. <laughs> They went what to a, the doctors. What a, what, a, what a comparison there. You're you're just to Cam Newton. <laughs> but so, I know, right? But this but what I'm saying is that you know, big, big night in my house, by the, the way. My daughter lost the, a tooth. The, the kid yeah. The, yeah, the kid in the commercial, like winding up his arm. <laughs> he is. Bad. Yeah. I'm better than you can. <laughs> right, right. So but um but you know, it's just if if they wanted to give him a physical, now I know he can't come into a team facility, but if they wanted to give him a physical, I'm sure I'm pretty sure all 32 teams have guys that they trust that could give him a physical and give them an idea of what he looks like physically. So like that to me is just not as much of an issue. I just don't, I just didn't understand why. And for me personally, I looked at it and said, okay, Cam wants to be a starter somewhere. I understand that he wants to go out and get paid somewhere and be a starter. If that means someone gets hurt, then someone gets hurt. If that means someone walks away, then or whatever the case may be, or they bring him in and they say, geez, these guys suck. Like we got to bring another guy in, you know? So, you know, but for me personally, Ron Rivera, who's, oh, you know, I would never bet, I would never, you know, count him out or whatever. His quarterback looks like he stinks. And he didn't reach out to Cam Newton. He didn't ask him, hey, what are you doing? Do you want to come to, you know, to to Washington in case Haskins really does well, blow and then you can be our starter? Like, that didn't happen, you know? So, like, so that to me is like, and again, I hope Cam does well. Like, obviously, I want to be right about Stidham, but like, if Cam can be 2015 Cam, like, holy shit, like, we're going to be unbelievable. You know, but like, I just don't, I look at the rest of the league and I just say, well, yeah, okay, guys, I mean, sign guys early and stuff. But like, if Cam really, if they really thought, holy crap, like this guy is Cam Newton, like we got to get him. Someone would have signed him. Someone would have paid him and, and no one did. No, it's for sure. You're, you're absolutely right. And when it comes to the medicals, that that is the reason why it didn't happen. And we've talked about it, you know, ad nauseum, but when there's only four or five teams available and, and that dwindles down to maybe two or three realistic, you know, up for grab starting spots around the league after the draft um, it, with, with Washington not being one of them, because they've still got, they've still got uh, Alex Smith on, on their books. Uh, they That's brought in the they traded for Kyle Allen, which is, you know, they're, it's, oh, you know, yeah, it's Washington and they're Jeez. a complete disaster. Um, and they have to go with Dwayne and they have to go with Dwayne at least for this year. Right. Like you have to. Um, yeah. But it was so, so the Patriots, the Patriots know what the market is. They understand. Right. They, and, and, and the, you know, Cam's, Cam's management is work you know, works with Bill and says, Hey, you know, here's where we're at. Obviously you guys are in a landing spot. We'd love to be at. And Bill says, well, Hey, we're not going to blow up 
our cap sheet further than it is right now by offering deals to guys that we don't want to just to open up a little bit of cap space. You know, we're not going to, we're not going to blow up our cap sheet any more than it already is. So here's right. what we can do here. And, and, and then when it comes to the medicals, it has to be, it's, it's, I mean, he, his surgery was in December. So he gets released in, in at the end, you know, a week and a half after free agency, he's still rehabbing. Things are still, he, he, he's not healthy enough to, to work out for people. He's not healthy enough to, you know, he, you have checkpoints along the way, right. For these rehab right. things. And, 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 and until you, so I don't think it's a problem of, of being able to see the dot, you know, your hands on cam and check them out that way. I think it's just a, a matter of, okay, what checkpoint are we at? Did he hit that checkpoint? What are his doctors saying now at this checkpoint? And, and, and what's the time frame looking like? Is he ahead of schedule? Is he behind schedule? You know, because you can't make that determination back, you know, when it's so close to the actual procedure. So I think you, you know, knowing that the market was what it was and that there aren't going to be many landing spots for him because every team would be waiting on these, these later checkpoints in the medicals, knowing that they were one of maybe, maybe two teams, two, two or three teams that realistically could offer him something. They put that deal out there. Cam's, Cam's team said, hey, let's do these incentive, you know, the, the incentive deal so you can pay me kind of what I want, but it'll hit your books next year. And, and, and that's kind of where they struck it. And this is just the timeline it ended up being on. That's, that's the way I look at it. Um, obviously, if he was still 2015 Cam Newton, then yes, people would have gone earlier in the medical checkpoint, uh, you know, timeline and said, hey, let's offer you this earlier because you don't want to risk losing him you know earlier in his his rehab process you know if that was the case but um you know it's not but you know here here we are uh clearly they're comfortable enough and they were able to squeeze them under uh and you know i i just i can't wait to see them in training camp it's just gonna be crazy it's gonna be crazy it is and it's finally we have like i said i mean we can I said two decades, but really someone said three because, I, I mean, I wasn't around when Bledsoe was around. It's really been three decades yeah. since we've had a quarterback controversy. Thank God. Like, I don't even know what it'd be like to cover or be a fan of another team, like, going through this. Like, imagine being a Bears fan. Like, oh, they, they go through oh, the, they've oh, gone oh, through this forever, oh. man. Like, I can't, I can't even do it. This week was exhausting. It was yeah. exhausting. Like, I can't, like. But to pivot, right? You and trade a trade a fourth round pick for Nick Foles and Garen oh, with, with a huge oh, cap hit when you have MVP Mitch as Lombardi called him. Unbelievable, man. Um, I guess a quick pivot because we obviously saw the Rossini report, and that obviously was not Sean McDermott. It's not going to be a rival coach who he thinks they're pushing for the division. I, I don't think he seems pretty quiet. I don't think, to be honest, it's probably Gase. But you, I guess you could say B Flow too. <laughs> I thought originally yeah, I said to Pat, I was Gase. like, that's got to be B Flow. But. This is a this is an interesting conversation too because with someone as a big image of Cam and somebody like if he doesn't win the job right say Stidham is the week one guy does he stick around as a backup because you don't know what you're going to get out of Stidham you have a really tough or I mean their schedule's tough it's yeah. tough it's been since 2014 right but do you leave him in or, or do we do we see him like the report said do you see him in some and I know you had said to Pat earlier. You're you, something like you when you start wow. your sentence with "Is it insane?" It's probably right, insane right. or something like that. Like, <laughs> is it crazy to think realistically that they could use him in some sort of package with the way the NFL is trending? Right, Taysom Hill obviously much different than him, but 
Philly goes out, drafts Jalen Hurts in the third round with Carson Wentz, right? Obviously, his medicals, but you're not drafting him in the third round if you don't have some sort of plan to use him. I think Mariota will be used in, in some sort of packages in Oakland, and we could see other teams do it. Is it crazy? I'll open it up to you guys to see both of them on the field in 2020 playing valuable roles to this team. Pat, you want to take that one? Hey, listen, this is the thing, and I, I will take it because for me personally, in order for that to happen, of course, Stidham's going to have to beat him out, right? If Stidham does beat him out somehow, and again, I can't see him sticking around. I can't. And well, so this is the thing, right? You got to deal with the media. When's he going in? When's he going in? If he has a bad right. game in week three but in so this or is, Seattle. But this is my thing, though. If you're the Patriots, and just think about it, this is the way I look at it, okay? If Cam beats out Stidham, Stidham never sees the field. It just, there's no reason. If Cam's the guy, I think he's the guy. Like, there's no reason for Stidham to ever come in. If Stidham beats out Cam and you look at it and just for whatever reason, you know, let's say Cam's not hurt, but he's just not quite the player that he was. Stidham is a little bit better than we expected him to be. He wins a starting job. If I'm Belichick in that situation, now, of course, it comes down to what Cam is going to do. It comes down to his mentality and the way he the way he's built and what he's willing to do for you. But to me, if I'm Belichick, I look at it and say, well, I'm definitely keeping Cam around and I'm going to build a package around him because I'm going to put him in the game. Now, the Patriots never, ever, ever ran the Wildcat. And the reason why is because he said, well, why am I going to give the take the ball out of the best out of my best player's hands? Why would I do that? Which was true when you had Tom Brady at quarterback. But when you have a guy like Cam that can throw, that can run, and you're you're happy with Stidham at quarterback, but you're he's not a top 10 quarterback in the league. So you say, okay, yeah, he can game manage and do well and he can make all the throws. And, you know, Cam's just not quite there. He's not quite the player we, you know, he used to be, but if you stick him in an RPO situation and now he's running and and then when a team comes in to play us, they have to game plan against Stidham in the pocket and perhaps extending the pocket. You have to game plan against Cam running and throwing the ball. Like that's a lot for one team to game plan against coming into a specific week. And again, is it ideal? Maybe not. And maybe not for the growth of Stidham, but I just think it makes the team significantly better. And again, as I said, if Cam wins the job, Stidham never sees the field. There's no reason for Stidham to ever see the field if Cam wins the job. But if Stidham wins the job and Cam is, isn't is completely trash because of his injury, I think it makes a lot of sense to keep him around and at least have a package built in for him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I See, and now I was trying to dunk on you on Twitter because I agree with no, you I in the sense that um, I agree that it's definitely possible, but I don't see it happening. So let's go, let's continue the scenario uh, Jared Stidham beats out Cam Newton for the starting job, which I am on record as saying that is that that means good things for the Patriots because that right. means like you beat out you beat out Cam Newton like you break you get that challenge put on you and then you beat out Cam Newton and it means you're playing very well and it means that I now hurt my my personal belief would then be like okay well then this guy really could, we, they could be onto something here anyway moving on. Uh, there's not a whole lot that Cam does as far as stylistically, especially with all the restrictions in this off season, it, it, you have a guy who's going to be cra- who's doing a crash course on the playbook right now in Cam Newton. You have a guy who doesn't have any starting experience in the NFL regular season and Jared Stidham, but he knows the system. I don't think you're going to be trying to incorporate a ton of wrinkles uh, at this point, but right. 
also, like I said, stylistically, you've got Jared Stidham, who is is very mobile. He's they're going to be doing a ton of. They might even open up the RPO stuff for him. Uh, but a I ton of play action, yeah. uh, uh, right? And a ton of play action bootlegs, getting him on the move and, and throwing on the run. So that's what you want with K- that's what you'd want with Cam anyway. The only package I would realistically see them doing with Cam would be like an inside the five or ten yard line type of like red zone package. Right. But then right. also, if if I'm getting beat out by by Jared Stidham and I'm Cam Newton, to be honest with you, I'm probably going to, to Bill's office and I'm saying, Hey, Bill, you know. I appreciate the uh, opportunity, but uh, I, you know, if I'm not going to get the starting job, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to be released. Uh, that would right. be great. Um, and that's kind of, totally that's see that happening. but like, you know what? Right. Right. I could, I could just as easily see cam, you know, holding the clipboard and being, and, and being a, a solid backup the whole year. If, if that was the case, I could totally see that too. Cause he's a stand up dude, but right. And I don't think he would love the fact that he would just be subjecting himself to goal line carries, you know, uh, I, yeah. went on, on a season where he's trying to up his free agency status. But um, if that was if that was the case, you know, I think that would be the only small. I guess out. we're all if that's the case, we're all right in a, in a, in a sense, <laughs> which uh, I'm okay with. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, look. Yeah, at the things end of the are day, going fine, man. Well, and this is this is where it's funny for me because I, you know, Belichick is just—he's the master at everything he does. He just everything he touches turns to gold. It's, it's just unbelievable how good he is at everything he does. And so, you know, you look at this Cam situation, and if Cam turns out to be the player that we assume he that we think or that we think he can be, or that he has been in the past, I mean, Belichick just stole him from the league for nothing. They had no cap yeah. space whatsoever. And he just stole Cam Newton. And if Cam can even be, you know, can be a top 15 to 20 quarterback in the NFL this year. I mean, like he just stole him for nothing. And then right. again, <laughs> I, I still think, you know, I mean, I think, I think franchising him is insane. Like that's some people are just like, Oh yeah, let's pay him $35 million. Actually. I'm like, are you, are you, have you lost your friggin' mind? Like I just, that's, well, well, time so out. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's say the let's say the scenario yep. is Cam win Cam wins a job, and it, and it just goes gangbusters. Cam comes in, he's, right. he's healthy, he's looking good, he picks it up. Maybe there's some growing pains at the start of the season, but they they finally catch fire and they get rolling. He gets a nice rapport with Nikhil Harry going. Next thing you know, next thing you know that they're they're eleven and five and they've got right. themselves a three seed and and in a home playoff game and and they're in the AFC championship game again and he had a nice year he's you know comeback player of the year right you know at that point and and he's completely that's a healthy scenario right that's a scenario I can see where you're paying him you know you're giving him a de- a decently big contract um you know well, that's well, and that that's scenario the only if, if scenario Cam, if you're Cam, you know you can hit the open market and get a, a ton of money. And the Patriots might right. be like, yeah, you know. And, and at that point, he's he what? He's 32. That's that's right. It's not too bad. Well, I mean, you think know? about so think it's, about it's this. Not crazy. Right? No, no, and I, I know, but think about this too. And this is what I think Schefter tweeted. I don't remember who tweeted it out, but of course, the NFL took a, tw- a, a third round pick from them, which is an absolute embarrassment that they did that. But either way, if you know, if you if you do lose cam next year and he does sign a big contract, you get a third round pick back in 2022. So it's like, you know, you, you lose a, a third round pick 
for for something that you didn't even do that never happened, which is whatever. And then, you know, and, and then you get a third round pick back for, you know, for nothing, basically, you know, and, and out of thin air that didn't even exist, you know, until until last weekend. So it's just uh, it's just kind of funny how, how, you know, it could end up like that. And again, I hope I hope he does well, because for me personally, I just look at it and say, well, yeah, I mean, like if Cam does well and they can compete and they can be in the playoffs again. Great. And if, and I, but I think Stidham could do that too. And so that's, that's really where we, dis, that's where we disagree is that we feel differently about Stidham. Uh, and well, so sure, we'll see, exactly we'll see who's we right. You know? Well, but, because, right. and, and, and what well, I said too, I think is like you, if Cam wins a job, you're getting a healthy, motivated former MVP at the most important position on the field for literally dirt for dirt. Cheap. Right. And if Jarrett wins the job, he just beat out a big name, lasted this long of an offseason of are they going to replay, you know, what are they going to do a quarterback? Is he, who are they going to bring in? Who are they going to draft? Then he goes into camp a month before camp. They bring in a guy like him with a name and a, and, a, and a presence like him and he beats him out. You're going into the year with a whole lot more confidence. Like Brian, obviously you who's kind of, you know, more towards the camp side. If he does that, you have to have more, way more confidence that you've had it, that with in Jared Sidham than you would have had in you know let's say right. Saturday, right? One hundred, one hundred percent. Now here's now so okay, absolutely, you're 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 hundred percent right there. But here's here's where I want to just kind of bring us all back down to earth. We're having we were having a little kumbaya moment there, right? <laughs> we were all feeling good. Um, yeah. Because we were talking about the best case scenario in either direction. Realistically, if realistically we go through camp and it's kind of a coin flip because Cam, yeah, he looks fine, but is he still a little hobbled and uh, does he know the playbook? And uh, it turns out Jared Stidham is not reacting very well to 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 to, uh, to NFL you know speed um, in practice, and uh, and it's kind of like uh, best you know pick your poison type scenario. I'm on record all year long as saying, or all off season long as saying that if Jared Stidham is the quarterback, then I'm personally projecting a six and 10 record with an eight win ceiling and a four win basement. If it's like a complete disaster, right? Eight wins, eight win ceiling. And I think yeah. Cam brings the, I think Cam brings the floor up to eight wins personally For sure. uh, yeah. with and it goes up to 10 and six. So like just, just to, to have that spark in the offense, the, but the I best, realistically so think that the, be, the best Stidham, case scenario is, is better for Cam. And I, and I would agree worst, with that. Right. I would right. say the worst case scenario. And I agree. Like I agree with your premise. Now I obviously disagree with, with Stidham ceiling. And I think he can be better than that. But I think too, like the thing for me, and this is what I said, because Spags texted me right away, and he's like, you know, do you think they let Stidham know? And I said, honestly, I, if I know anything about Belichick, I know for a fact he never said one word to him. And then and the Josh thing picked is, up the because, phone and called him and said, right. hey. Right, and, and yeah, and I'm sure McDaniels picked up the phone and was like, hey, you know, okay, hey, no big deal. Don't worry about it. Like, keep, compete, you know, baby, because, compete. Right, and that's the thing is Belichick's job and what he's been doing for 20 years is rattling the guy's cages. You get you rattle his cage, even get in his head. Because honestly, and I tweeted this out too, if Stidham can't handle Cam being in camp and competing with him, he's ain't the, he ain't the guy anyways. So it doesn't matter. Right. But you need to, you know, and I was shocked. Like when they didn't do anything and they brought nobody in except for Hoyer, I was like, they're just going to hand the team to Stidham? Like, I get it. I like him too. But like, it just doesn't seem very Belichickian to say, 
yeah, you know, if you beat out this bum, you can be the starting quarterback. Like, if he didn't beat out Brian Hoyer, like, we were screwed, you know? So, like, right. it was just one of those right. things where it's like, you know, bring in somebody that can compete. And, again, whether Cam can compete or not is a question that nobody knows the answer to because no one knows whether he's truly healthy or not. And so that, of course, is a question that that will be answered. But if Cam can really compete, then it's going to be a question of who's better. And in that situation, if it's Stidham, like, wow, like we're doing great, you know? And if it's Cam and Stidham is close, then the Patriots can say, hey, look, we're really happy with Cam. We think Cam gives us a better ceiling than Stidham right now. He needs another year. He's not quite ready, but we can see it there still. And so we bring Cam in. He plays for a year. He's gone. Stidham's the guy next year, you know? And so, and, or maybe he isn't. And then you, you know, you, you, you start all over again next year. But, but to me, the, the competitive part for me, I was always kind of surprised, happy because I thought Stidham was going to be the guy, but surprised that Belichick wasn't going to go out there and bring someone in again, even if it's just getting his head, even if he knows Belichick might know for a fact that Cam doesn't have it anymore. He might look at it and say, he doesn't have it. I've seen the medicals. He doesn't have it. Shoulder isn't there anymore. He can't make the throws. It's not going to happen. But he's Cam Newton. Bring him into camp. Have him compete. It's going to be all over the place. People are going to be wearing the jerseys. It's going to be people going to be talking about it. How does Stidham going to react to that? And how is he going to come out and play? And I thought that that, you know, from that angle of it, it's such a Belichick move. And I mean, obviously, you throw in the, the number and it's like the biggest Belichick move ever. But it's just like, it's such a Belichick move where he's messing with Stidham's head here because he's like, oh, you thought this was your team? Yeah, no, 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 no. There's this right. some competition coming in. Let's see how you handle it. So, like, here is my thing with – okay, so when I when – I, when I, I didn't want to rate on our parade too much, but the, the, the bottom line is it's because – and it's like I said all offseason, uh, I, I don't think and, – and let me – I'm trying to phrase this right – the the major disconnect Pat between you and I this offseason. You don't think Stidham's the guy. You don't think Stidham's well, the next no, guy. That, it, that's well, I also well, I think it's a little different. It's it's the fact it's that, but it's also I don't think this team is as good as you think it is. This whole roster. Uh because okay. of specifically on offense, right? Specifically on offense. We know that they're probably gonna have a little defensive regression that's just like math. It just happens every year. But you know, they're right. still a top five unit in the league, like worst case scenario, right? Um, but on offense, it's in my opinion, still offense is still an issue. It was an issue last year when you still had the greatest quarterback of all time on your roster, and it's gonna be an issue this year is the skill position players, and that is why personally if if Stidham wins the job it's going to be him playing out of his mind good to the point where he becomes a weapon. Then that is why Cam Newton himself being the starting quarterback in my mind, he, he offers the offense another way to move the football on bootleg, uh, specifically on their play action bootleg game. And Evan Lazar did a bunch of good work this the last couple of weeks on, on, on breaking that stuff down. Um, but Cam in himself is a weapon and they, they need, they need ways to move the football creatively. And I don't see that with Jared Stidham unless he's perfect. Does that make sense? Like, unless he yeah. is, unless he's really, really, really sharp. Uh, and, and they, to the point where they feel they don't have to be ultra conservative, which you guys know, I hate. Uh, right. If, if he's that good, if he's good enough to the point where they feel they can open it up and let him rip it a little bit, then, then that's the only way that I can see 
than like hitting eight and eight with Jared Sinema as the starter. But like, I just don't know if that's there. And that's why I've been at the six and 10 mark this whole time. But I know with Cam Newton, I know they can find ways to move the ball creatively and, and make the defense react differently and get out of these, 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 you know, double, you know, bracket coverage on Julian Edelman and the plays over type of stuff, you know? So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Is, you know, Cam just raises the floor up so much, in my opinion. Here's a good question, I guess, to wrap us up. Because I, a buddy said it to me, and it, it made me think a little bit. I think it's it'll be interesting. With the shortened camp, or shortened, shortened preseason, I should say, and obviously, you know, them bringing the numbers down, they'd said, what, somewhere between 75 and 80, Schefter had said. I didn't see his latest report, so I could be wrong on that. But who starts week, uh, sorry, week one of the preseason, first series, who trots out first to lead the first offensive series? Brian Hoyer. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, yes. Like, that would be I, awesome. I really think, regardless yeah. of if Cam is not, the, like, say Cam is already the QB1, and, the, you know, like, it's a few, it's a week or two, whatever, into camp. Like, I still think it's Stidham because just because you go through the whole, like, the whole offseason with him. But, like, that's an interesting conversation, too. Who rolls out there the first series of preseason? Not even week one. We can, that would we can be back so... it up to QB1, oh. predetermined QB1. Who rolls out first? Imagine. The, if it's Jamar Brian Smith, Hoyer, yeah. it would be the, the best. Uh, Brian Hoyer Jam- is the best answer. Jamar Smith, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like Julian Brian Lewerke, you know, right. But Hoyer would be fantastic because that's Belichick just saying, like, it's a big F you to, to all the people out there that are trying to figure this out, you know, like it's just, yeah. And we'll see. I mean, look, I, I understand where you're coming from, Brian. And I, I know, I understand where you are and you don't, don't think the offense is as good as, as I do. And I, and I get that. And I don't have a problem with that. I think Sanu is, I think you're going to see a better Muhammad Sanu this year. Um, you know, you didn't see a lot of him. After he got his injury, uh, I think he wasn't 100, percent and mentally that just messes with you. Um, so you know, I don't think he got the best Muhammad Sanu last year. I think Nikhil Harry is going to be a lot better than he was last year as well. So I think with those two guys combined with Edelman, and if Myers takes a step up, and who knows what the rookies can do? You know, if Jeff Thomas can make some noise, if if you know, I I personally I think Demir Bird is going to be, you know, what happens or not, I don't know. But, you know, and Patton wasn't fantastic in 01. Don't get me wrong. It's not like he's going to be the number one receiver. But, like, as a as a third guy, as a third or fourth guy, to be an option to make big plays and to be, you know, a speed guy down the down the field they haven't had in a while. And, of course, they had Philip Dorsett. But, like, Dor- and Dorsett kind Brandon of did that Cooks. a little bit. <laughs> you know, and Cooks, right. And so it's just, to me, that's where I look at it and just say, okay, like, you know, I just, I feel like they have the opportunity to be better. Um and so we'll see. But again, it's going to be interesting. And like like I said, honestly, and we've said a few times, this camp is going to be a lot of fun. And, and really, it's just, it's going to be the competition aspect of it that's going to be interesting for me. Because although I think Stidham is the guy, and I think that's the guy they're going to go with, if Cam comes out and plays like he can, well, then there isn't a we're competition. In a, we're in a good situation. Not because, not because Stidham stinks, but because Cam, when he plays to the level that he can play at, is a phenomenal quarterback. So it doesn't even matter if a top quarterback, it doesn't make a difference, you know? So that's, that's the thing where it's like, yeah, you take a shot at it because if he stinks, you just cut him and you lose nothing. And if he can play somehow to 2015, 2016 cam, well, what the hell? You got a great player, you know? So that's, that's the way I look at it, you know? Yeah, for sure. And Hey, a big question, but a big part of these offensive weapons is, you know, the question marks is, 
the tight end position. Yes. Listen, you know, like, I think there, I'll be honest so with you. Question marks here. Can we have? Okay, let's do. We were going to hold off on on tight end because we've had such a good conversation. But let's just do. You already segued into it. It's going to be yeah. a short conversation, I think. Um, what do you yeah. think? That what do you think they have? You know, look, the, the other guys they had in the roster last year, they stink. Matt Lacoste, he's a bum. He stinks. Like he stinks. There's nothing. They got nothing. It's from really, him. really bad year. Really bad. You year. know, right? And I don't think you. I don't think you're going to get much from him, anyways. What do you think they get from the two rookies? Right now, 20, 2010, they had two rookie quarter. They had two rookie tight ends. Brady won the MVP, of course, that year. Now you don't have Tom Brady as your quarterback, but like, but Brady won the MVP best, that year. With, best with, team, with, uh, best team of the decade, according to ESPN's uh, analytics. Absolute lunacy that that was the best team of the decade. But <laughs> but even either, either they way, good, man. they were really good. But yeah, oh, they were just, a good team. Don't get me wrong, but they weren't better than friggin' anything else. Like they weren't better than than the twenty fourteen or twenty sixteen Patriots, or even. Even or for Seattle that matter, 13, I the 2017 or 18 Patriots, those two teams were wagons too. Like, it's just like, you know, so either way. But what do you think we're going to get from, from the two rookies? So I don't think you get much as far as like stat, like counting stats. You're not going to get a ton there because I mean, just the, the law of averages, everything tells you rookie tight ends just don't, you, they just don't happen. Um, what we saw right. in 2010 is like the biggest anomaly ever. Um, you know, look at TJ Hawkinson last year for, for Detroit, a top 10 pick. The guy's going to be a stud, but even, he, you know, he, he, catching up to the NFL speed and we're going to see it across the board with every position because of this offseason and everything you lose from being able to just be around NFL speed all the time and, and, and pick up things. But, um, but what they did was they drafted two guys who they can immediately work into their scheme that work really nice with their scheme. Um, especially with Dalton Keene. I think you got to throw Dan Vitell, uh in, in this mix too um, without Devlin now uh, because okay. what Devlin yep. does is so important. Uh, we saw it last year when they knew uh, they were having problems in week one, Devlin's up there. I had him, I counted uh, in the charting. I had him at like eight different positions um, in, in his alignments uh, from tight ends to wings to, you know, to weak side, strong side, straight up fullback all over the place because they want, they want their guys to be able to provide different blocking angles. Right. And it's something that Matt Lacoste and Ben Watson struggled at all year long. It's like their split zone right. runs and, and, and they, they were trying to run wham against, against Houston and DJ reader was like tossing, you know, Matt Lacoste over the goalposts. Um, you know, so, I think a guy like Devin Asiasi, he's like, like the super thick boy. Like you just got these like big thick thighs, and he he can he can thump in the run game. Put his hand in Dalton the dirt, Keen, man. Yeah, that's right. And, and and Dalton Keene is kind of like this scrappy. It, Dalton Keene is is like the most like New Englandy looking dude I've <laughs> yeah, seen them draft Literally. in a while, right? He's like a more yeah. Jack like, Woodhead with the hair. You see that in the college? He's like a bigger <laughs> yeah. Danny Woodhead, much bigger. Right. Right. Like, and it, the funny thing about him is like his average depth of target, I think even 2018 at Virginia tech was like 4.4 yards from the line of scrimmage, which is like, which is like absurd. Like, cause he, all he caught was flats and hitches and like, and, and stuff like that. So this guy is just the yak guy. Uh, and who, who, who likes getting dirty in the run game, which, uh, you know, just screams Belichick guy. Right. So between those two and Vital, um, I think they're going to be able to get, the angles they want in their run game, which 
you guys know I'd rather have them throw the entire run game playbook in the trash and throw it 100% of the time. But <laughs> it's, something they, it's, it's something that they pride themselves on. It's something their offensive line is really good at with Tooney and Mason and Andrews coming back. So they're obviously going to feature it. And they got guys that, they can, that I know they can plug in and, and, and be a factor, especially on the effort side, um, which, you know, if you have you can have all the effort in the world, but if you don't have a little bit of skill behind it, it's not going to matter in the NFL. And that was Matt Lacoste's problem last year. He had the effort, but he kept getting ragged all every time he tried to make a play in the in the run game. Right. Well, and that's and look, I mean, you talk about stats, right? And even look at Gronk and Hernandez from you know from what they did in 2010, and they had great, you know, they they had Gronk got ten touchdown passes for God's sake. They both only had 500 yards receiving. They weren't like killing it receiving wise. Gronk, of course, got 10 touchdown passes, but like they weren't, you know, and Hawkins had had it like you mentioned Hawkins and he had like 350 yards receiving. So he didn't do much. Right. You know, I think he was hurt for uh, a few games, but either way, yeah, exactly. you know, it's, you're not getting a thousand yards from these guys. I mean, it's foolish to think something like that, but even if it's somewhere in that three to four, three to 500, you know, yard range, if you get that from, from one or both of these guys, now all of a sudden you have weapons at tight end. And at the very least, at the very least, if they can just run that flipping seam route that Gronk ran and, and you know, you run the play action and you throw it and they ran it to once to Matt Lacoste. And I think, I don't know if it was in Houston or what. And I was like, oh my God, it's the Gronk play. They ran the Gronk play. You know, like it was one time. But if they can run yeah. that play, it makes their offense so much better because you have to actually pay attention to the tight ends. They don't even have to be that good. You just have to, they have to say, you know what? We kind of need to cover those guys. We can't just stick our worst linebacker on them and shut them down for the game. And so at the very least, if they can just provide that, it's going to be so much better than they had last year. And of course, in the running game, I love Ossie Ossie in the running game. I think he's, I think this kid, honestly, we talked to Thor Nystrom about this um, when we did our draft recap. I think this kid's going to be an absolute beast uh, in the NFL. And again, whether he'll show it this year or not, I don't know, but it, I think he's going to be a monster. Remember what he said about him? It's like, you saw his tape and you were like, wow, this kid does like everything pretty well. Right. Like he just went under the radar. Obviously, he was a five-star guy, I believe. Obviously transfers had to sit out for a year, plays in the pack, you know, What's it pack after dark? Or what's the thing on 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 ESPN? Yeah, he or whatever plays. He plays in like the yeah. He plays in the Philippines. Might as well play in the Philippines. You know, like exactly. Right. So, you know, you don't. Right. He, he's not going to stand out like the you know those big name tight ends. Like I mean, obviously everybody got behind Trotman, who was a, a small school guy, but obviously Cole Komet at Notre Dame. Like he kind of just flew under the radar. But when you look at the things he can do, he does a lot of things pretty well. And I think that's where he, he's a pretty well rounded guy that can you know, come in and contribute right away. I mean, like you said, though, I mean, what they got out of the position last year, it's hard to, to be any worse than that. So anything yeah. you get, you're, you're getting an upgrade from last year. Right. And Ryan, like Ryan is, so. I mean, we saw, we saw problems oh. all year long with guys Brutal. having trouble with, with NFL defensive ends. And like, like the, the, the Brady sack strip fumble for a touchdown against the Giants by Lorenzo Carter, like Ryan Izzo just completely getting, you know, just blown <sighs> up by Lorenzo Carter, so, man. It's, a, it's a Lorenzo Carter. And he was, and, he was supposed to be the know, blocker. And, uh, right. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, he's, he was a backside blocker on the, on their, on their, on Brady checks to, to Izzo staying home and being the backside blocker. So it's like, my God, but like, all year long, we saw problems with Lacoste handling uh, and Bed Watson 
handling NFL defensive ends in their run scheme uh, with what they want to do. They run so many different complex schemes, but they love running that, that outside zone. And they love having the crackdown block on the defensive end come from their tight end. Uh, especially like they'll, they'll use motion to bring Lacoste yes. in from the slot down in and then crack down on Car- yep. Carlos Dunlap, for instance. And Carlos Dunlap was slipping him all game because he just didn't have the fundamentals and he didn't have the functional strength. And Devinov, it's not going to be a problem with Devin Asiasi. The guy can, the guy is a hoss. So, um, yeah. You know, you just the only my only concern with them getting involved in the run game, Asiasi and Keen, uh, is is obviously the lack of reps. But you know, uh, right. hopefully they have a good camp, and we'll, we'll you know you just have everybody's in the same boat. So that's you know everyone's on that even playing field there. So yes. So all right, well that's the uh, that's the tight end preview. They're going to be better than next year. They're going to be better than last year. <laughs> I mean, really, like it's really like they can't be worse than last. I mean, can't, well, they can't get be, worse, and that would yeah. be that would be disastrous if they were somehow worse than last year. But but for the most part, you probably you pretty much can't get worse than last year. So they'll be better. So we'll see. But all right, Brian, that was a great conversation. Uh, you know, I thought. It's funny because on we'll Twitter, we'll probably get it going again tomorrow, right? I mean, oh yeah. Like it'll... <laughs> well, it's just so funny because on Twitter, it's so like it's so like one hundred percent. Like I'm one hundred percent this way, you're one hundred percent that way. But when we talk about it, it's of like, course. yeah, we're like two reasonable guys. Like we, you know, we can talk about it and not yell at each other the whole time. You know what I mean? Like, right? We can save the yelling us, for yeah. We'll save right, exactly. the yelling for Twitter. You know? Exactly. Someone that's listening to <laughs> us that just knows us on Twitter is like, wow, they're like. They're like being nice to each other. Like, what's this all about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, wait, so, hold on. Did he just say LOL at the end of that tweet? <laughs> is, being, is, is, is Pat being nice to Brian? What's going on? Here? Yeah, right. Yeah, so like, it's, it's oh, yeah, and, and like, isn't that like a perfect encapsulation of what Twitter is, right? To like, oh, yeah. how different, how different it is from the real world and how it's so easy to get in. Uh, in, in certain mental frames of mind on certain topics. Uh, right. And, and you think you think you know exactly what somebody is thinking when it's just a couple hundred characters per tweet and nobody has time to sit there and write novels, man. Like, right. no, I'm just going to get my point across and, you know, dunk exactly. one again. So, yeah, you know, exactly. that's, um, it's, it's, you know, if people can't look at it as fun, then like, man, you probably shouldn't be on Twitter. Exactly. Well, you that's know? the big thing, man. That's the big one. Is like people take it so seriously, and it's like, bro, it's not. It's not like that's. I was on something with Taylor, and the guy was like, "That's why no one likes you, and your site sucks." And Taylor was like, "Bro, relax. Like he's my friend. Don't do that. Like, what are you doing? Like, stop." <laughs> right. you know, like, so it's just Taylor's you know, the like, nicest dude in the world. You know, like <laughs> right. It's hilarious. No right. one likes uh, you. Like, what? He's the nicest guy yeah. I've ever met. Right. Right. <laughs> so. But, you know, all right. So, Brian, uh, give yourself a little plug before you leave. Let us know where uh, where they can see you, find you, interact with you and whatnot. At B Phillips underscore SB on Twitter. If you want to catch some uh, some me and Pat beef. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, the Deep Down the Middle podcast, which we'll be firing back up here uh, once training camp gets underway. And nice. uh, contracting salary cap details at PatsPulpit.com uh, per usual. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Yeah, do, do, you're our own little uh, Miguel over there yeah. on, uh, on Pat's pulpit. You know, you put me in a pretzel, hey, Brian. I, I can't handle the cap stuff. I'm sorry, I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just try to give. I just try to give people a little view and just a little view into the crazy amount of detail that Miguel puts into providing us cap information. So I'm like a, like just a, a little bit of a conduit 
to opening the world up to the cap that uh, Miguel yeah. tries to give people. You know, Miguel's a, a madman. The guy's crazy good. Uh, oh, the amount unreal. of detail he puts into his like keeping that cap space number is absurd, and it's uh, he's a real treat. So yeah, um, but yeah, awesome stuff, no, guys. Stuff. So, all right, Brian, thank you so much. Everyone, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week, assuming something ridiculous doesn't happen again, like they go out and sign. I don't know. What are they going to sign? Michael Vick or something next? Like, I don't know what the hell is going on. So, assuming <laughs> that doesn't happen. Clowney for five Yeah, right. Jadavion Clowney comes in on like, hey, they only got 260000 So <laughs> Trade for Tom Brady. Oh, my yeah. Lord. Release dude. Julian Edelman. Like, something we'll, we'll obviously <laughs> yeah, right? view differently when that happens, too. So, if, yeah, maybe Cam we'll have Newton. another episode next week. Cam Newton for Tom Brady, straight up. We just do it. Like, get it done. Tampa's like, what? Wait, we we want a Cam. What the hell was this? That was stupid. We should have just never said. Oh, we'll see what happens. So, but anyways, yeah, right. So, all right, guys, we'll we'll talk to you next week.